Welcome back, boys and girls. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Today's episode of Just Talking for all you vapors, smokers, stoners, and tokers, if you've wondered this, cannabis legalization is on the horizon and we've talked about it many times. You may have wondered over the years, how do I get in? This is once in a lifetime opportunity in the sense of broad legalization. How do I participate? Well, we're going to go over a lot of uh, resources, information, look at the trends of what is happening um, in terms of interest and all the ancillary businesses around it, all the related type of businesses around cannabis. It doesn't have to be cannabis. Most people are two-dimensional in their thinking when it comes to starting a cannabis business. They think either, oh, I have to grow weed and I don't know how to grow weed, or they think I have to open a retail store and that's too expensive. The barrier of entry is very high in most states, unless you live in Oklahoma, where the barrier of entry is very low. But if you don't, it's going to be very expensive. So how can you participate in an industry uh, like this one as it continues to blow up? Well, we're going to talk about some of these things. I've outlined several things. There's some government resources we can take a look at as well. Of course, today's top story is this one, very terrifying Apparently, the study is showing young people who smoke weed too often and um, are part of the CUD uh, group of people, about 4 million uh, in the country, they are prone to repeat strokes. Terrifying as fuck, I must say. But we'll dive into the story and I'll share it with you too. Of course, do your own research. It's always best to do so. Don't just listen to me. I am one person. Now, all this and more, stick around. As many of you have possibly considered starting a cannabis business, there's no shortage of articles. Look at this. Seven tips to start a cannabis business. Best states to start or expand. Ten questions to ask before starting a cannabis business. Why starting a cannabis business is so hard, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, as I went through some of these, I noticed that most of them are just answering common questions. I mean, questions I wouldn't necessarily address right away, and I'll tell you what I would, but an example of a government resource is like this one, starting a new cannabis business in California specifically, choose an entity, register, get a fictitious name, get your first license, your second license, and yet another license, employer responsibilities, tax information, ongoing business registration requirements. So this is all basic stuff. And I wouldn't necessarily start off with all of that. The first thing I would start off is, well, what is growing in popularity? Um, What is going to be a a needed service? How do I participate? And then you can crunch the numbers and see if it's viable. Uh, So that way you can increase your chances of success in an industry that uh, is going to have a lot of dollars pouring through it. Large companies are going to be involved. They already are, let's face it. But how do you get a piece of this pie? And that's what I want to help answer. So figuring out where you want to be and how you want to approach it is the very first thing I would do even before starting with a business name and registration and any of those things. Now, of course, That specific resource by California, um, a government document, is for specifically cannabis retail storefronts. Again, we don't want to be two dimensional. We don't, you know, I don't, you know, I don't believe that 
Um, these are the only two options. These are the only options for those with uh, money. You have the beginning of the process, which is seed to plant, and then the very end of the process, which is retail sales. Well, what about in between? Can you possibly fit somewhere in between and do something, provide a service in between somewhere that um, you know is a right fit for you, that you can build long-term and, and feel like you can commit to and do it relatively well for many, many years and build something great for yourself and your family? Well, let's look at the trends. I'm going to share the screen now. Now, when we look at the overall trend of start a cannabis business, the last 12 months, as you can see, it's kind of up and down. It's quite radical. I imagine these huge peaks and valleys are due to um, spontaneous curiosity. This is everybody's searches, by the way. Everybody across the nation, your search, my search, everybody's searches are aggregated into uh, data analytics like this one. So why are we seeing such peaks from 26 to 78 down to 13, as low as zero in November of 2021? But what do we see here? End of January from zero all the way up to 100 in just this past week or two. Now, my theory about why we see these peaks and valleys is that a lot of people think of doing this, right? And then it spikes out of their curiosity. And as they do more research, they realize this is going to be too hard. And then searches come back down. And I believe this is the reason why we see the, uh, the massive peaks and valleys is there's a lot of interest and people do want to participate. You may be one of them. And as you do more research, you discover like this is going to be damn near impossible without money or very little money, right? Naturally so. It's understandable. But let me share with you how you might be able to overcome this. Those two aspects, the beginning of the process and the very end to retail sales might be very difficult, very high barrier of entry. But what if I showed you some options that are much, much lower and actually feasible for somebody who wants to start? So let me share that screen with you now. From the beginning of the process, we have actual cultivation of cannabis. So that's seed to plant, distribution of the cannabis from let's say the cultivator to a distribution network, which then can sell it to many different retailers. Of course, the lab testing, right? This is a new business that didn't exist before, but states required it. And so the businesses came to existence. There are people that own these and make a lot of money testing the quality of cannabis. And of course, the end of the process of retail sales. So, all too expensive, very high barrier of entry. Well, here are some options that may have slightly lower barriers of entry. Some, maybe none at all. So let's say weed delivery. Over the years, I've seen a lot of people succeed doing this and they've been able to scale up. It's not going to be easy, but this is something that you can start doing rather quickly. And one of your hurdles might be state licensing, insurance, sourcing of your cannabis, things of that nature. What about referral traffic? Every business needs traffic. What if you can provide that traffic in some manner, right? 
through a website, pushing traffic or something of that nature? What about advertising for these businesses? You know, the advertising space is limited because of the laws. They don't want cannabis businesses advertising on billboards yet. If you live in Southern California, you've seen it. They do. They're getting away with it. And I don't blame them. Um, you know, out front and Lamar, they all want to make this money while they still can. If no one's going to stop them, if no one's going to enforce the laws uh, that were originally placed, then why should they stop? Sourcing packaging and providing packaging services. All this bud needs to get into something. It's not just, it doesn't go into Ziploc bags anymore. If you've been into a dispensary, you've seen it. If you get in early enough in your state as this is happening, you can uh, create a very nice, sustainable business model for yourself because everybody needs packaging. Let's, let's say even right now, it's crazy. Uh, there's package shortages. If you ordered a bunch of packaging before or right in the middle of the pandemic as it, or as it began, you would have made a killing because right now there are companies who can't find lids for their bottles. They can't find bottles. They can't find seals uh, that go onto those bottles. What about trimming services? You know, I know a lot of large scale trimming operations might use machines, but those typically trim a little too much and they lose profit because of it. They're losing some weight along the way. But what if you were able to provide a service like this one? Reliable workers, background checked. I mean, the works. Could this be something viable? Relatively low uh, cost of uh, entry. Hemp oil branding and like white labeling. These things are relatively easy, but saturated. You know, you won't need a whole lot of money uh, to be able to get into this. Hemp oil manufacturing. How about creating exciting, useful smoking accessories like bongs and, and pipes and, you know, various other things that people are going to use and then brand around that. Uh, you can open a smoke shop like I did, a head shop. I'm in the middle of transitioning from smoke shop, head shop to, you know, a nutrition shop. That's kind of where my heart is right now. How about a CBD shop? That's growing in popularity. The, the cost of entry for these are still a little high, but much lower than cannabis stores. And of course, et cetera. There's going to be many different things people can do. There's a lot of ways you can participate in the cannabis world. It's not just uh, cultivation or retail sales. Hopefully, this was useful to you and that you can find a way to participate. Um, find a place that you feel comfortable and confident in and make it work for you. So, of course, before we move on to the actual main story that I want to share with you guys about the, uh, the stroke, the repeat stroke in young people, I have to shout out GrassDoor.com. If you want cannabis delivered fast, GrassDoor.com can get it done in 45 minutes or less with over 500 plus products, daily deals, and all your favorites like flour, pre-rolls, vapes, edibles, and concentrates, there is no better place to turn. Right now, you can save on any order that's $30 and above if you use the coupon code ARK. That is all capital letters, A-R-K, grassstore.com. Get your weed today. Okay, so here, cannabis use and recurrent stroke study investigates. Let's see what the hell this is talking about. 
Cannabis is the most commonly used drug in the states. Three in 10 people who, are, who use the drug have cannabis use disorder or CUD, which amounts to 4 million people, as I had said earlier. According to a new study, young people with a history of stroke or TIA who regularly use cannabis are 50% more likely to experience a repeat stroke. Gosh. So cannabis use disorder. Some of the things that I guess uh, they've classified it, classified it as taking large amounts over a long time, wanting to control or cut down its use, spending lots of time trying to get the drug or recover from using it, failing to fulfill work or school tasks, withdrawing from social, occupational, or recreational activities. I have definitely experienced this as a kid. I did start smoking weed very, very young, and I experienced a lot of these here. But I did grow out of it now that I'm a grown man. I don't deal with those problems anymore. Increased stroke in the young. It occurs when the blood supply to the brain is reduced or cut off. In this case, weed definitely does that. It is life-threatening and a medical emergency that needs immediate hospital treatment. Recent years, the number of strokes has reduced in the U.S., but rates have increased in young adults, 18 to 45. A recent study led by researchers has shown young adults with a history of stroke or TIA and CUD have a 50% increased risk of recurrent stroke. My goodness, the study. Data included 160,000 people, 18 to 44, hospitalized between 2015 and 2017, and their records indicate a previous stroke or TIA. They compared the number of recurrent strokes and TIA in 4,600 people with CUD, um, cannabis use disorder, to 150,000 people without CUD. They found that 7% of people with CUD were admitted to the hospital for a recurrent stroke compared, to, uh, compared with 5.4% without CUD. So, I mean, that's a small increase. I mean, is that from 5.4% to 6.9%? And uh, the test group of 4,600 people compared to the 156,000 people. I mean, is this, is this an accurate study? It's kind of questionable, but still really scary. For any of us that are young, I suppose I call bullshit because I've smoked much of my life. I know millions of people have smoked decades and decades throughout their lives, um, chronic smokers of cannabis relatively healthy. And I suppose that has a lot to do with diet, exercise, how you treat your body overall. So I don't know. What do you guys think about this story? Leave them down below and I'll catch you on the next one.